Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. Wait. Colin, is that you? Yes. But I can't see you. Oh my God, I can't see you either. Wait, are we invisible? (laughs) What was that voice? (laughs) That's my invisible? (laughs) Are we though? Eh? Are we invisible? (laughs) I, I... I think I'm visible. Oh, well, we have no way of verifying. I'm home alone right now, so for all I know, I am invisible. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not home alone, but I'm locked away in my room. Ah, so, yeah, jury's out. I was I was going to say, there's, there's no way in hell that I'm making the trip five feet downstairs to ask for confirmation. And for me, like, I could, of course, just look in a mirror, but the thing is, I'm... I know I might be invisible, but I definitely am a vampire. That's what I was going to say. So the mirror thing doesn't work. Yeah, it it, it doesn't work if you're a vampire, which we all know you are. So, I mean. Yeah, it's been problematic. (laughs) I want to hear all the times that it's been problematic. Um, All right. So the other day I ordered pizza and got the pizza and everything and... What I didn't know was they gave me garlic bread for free. Fuck, man. Yeah, so I couldn't even open open the bag. <laughs> I was like, get it away from me. I'm a fucking vampire. <laughs> and what, what was the guy like? He was just like, okay, brah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. As as anybody would respond to a vampire. <laughs> I was going to say, I, yeah, man, I feel you. Yeah, dude. Vampire problems, am I right? The other day I was cleaning my coffin and there was the tiniest bit of bat shit in it. Oh, okay. And I was like, um, excuse me? Who's bat shit in here? Okay. And then I realized it might it might have been me. Oh. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I understand now. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna tie in the bat thing to like coronavirus or something, because that's like you know everybody's like really into that right now. Yeah, coronavirus is blowing up, but I've never been a big fan of Corona. I do have the Tecate virus though. That's my <laughs> choice got, of Mexican you got, beer. You got the beer virus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brandon said the other day, he's like, I always got the beer virus. <laughs> Yow! <laughs> hey, you seem you seem a little under the weather. Yeah, I got the Stella Artois virus. (laughs) 
I got the shock top virus. Oh, it gives you a bright orange mohawk and really cool shades. <laughs> Are they cool? Uh, yeah, I guess. $250 yeah. Ray-Bans, jackass. Oh, man. I need to replace my Ray-Bans. <laughs> what's um? What's another? Oh, the, the blue ribbon? The Pabs, the Pabs virus? Oh, the PBR virus? <laughs> yeah. That one, they don't even give you real medicine. It's just like over-the-counter bullshit. Yeah, that one, they're like, come on, man. What were you doing here? Yeah. I actually know some people that really like uh, PBR. Oh, yeah. I mean, hipsters are out there. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story about uh, like PBR when uh, the closers were on tour? Uh, I don't know. All right, r- real quick, because I think you- you'll find this funny. So when we when we did our tour, which was like really only like a five day tour, but it was still fun. <laughs> when we did that, we played. Uh, I think this was in Massachusetts, but we played at a bar, and actually, like half the people in the band weren't even old enough to drink yet. But me, Kieran, Gabe, um, I think I think that was uh, maybe maybe Dave. Uh, we were we were old enough to drink. And we played the show, and afterwards, Kieran was sitting at the bar, so I, like, just went and sat up next to him. Like, I really, like, never drank, like, around then. So I like, got up, and he was like, you want to get something? And I was like, um, like, sure. Like, I don't really know. I, you know, I don't even know what I like. And then Kieran just goes, barkeep, get this man the cheapest shit money could buy. And then, and then the bartender was just like, okay, and he just hands me a PBR. <laughs> Yeah, that's but, that's the standard cheap beer. Yeah, I love that he he was a barkeep. <laughs> <laughs> that night was when I found out that PBR is cheap crap beer. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. That's that's like the standard in the city. Like any bar you go to, like they'll always have like a five dollars. You get a PBR and a shot of well whiskey, and it's like, ooh, I want to die tonight. <laughs> Brandon told me the place over near him always used to do Rolling Rock. It was like the cheap beer. Yeah, Rolling Rock's another one. I remember back in the day when we used to want to like get fucked up hanging around. This is before I moved moved out of my folks' house. We were just mm-hmm. young young kids living life to the least. And <laughs> you, you go to Quick Check, you get a tall boy of Rolling Rock for a dollar. Whoa. Like two, maybe it was $2, maybe, maybe $2, but even if it's $2, it's like, dude, it, it's like the yeah. Arizona equivalent of getting drunk. <laughs> Not the state, the iced tea. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I got it. <laughs> I've never drank in Arizona, so I don't know for sure. Oh. I don't know how they get down. I used to always go to like quick check, like be like, I need to get something like cheap that's going to like do the job. Natty ice. I would I would get those gigantic tall boys that were like two dollars of like the um like the reds, but they were like the oh. like, I forget what it's like the reds wicked or whatever, and it's like twelve percent. <laughs> or yeah. you could just get a four loco, but that's that's you know that's crazy. Dude, we should do a four loco episode. Like we just pound four loco and then record. What's coming out that w- that would either a require us to drink heavily or b be on brand for four loco. <laughs> Ooh, probably Fast 9. The combination of, like, energy drink and also needing to be drunk. <laughs> it's a perfect storm. Maybe maybe that is the play. I'm cool with that. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll have to come up and visit you for that one. Yeah, hell yeah. I was, it's funny, I was actually uh, describing to someone who had never heard of a Four Loco, this maybe like three or four years ago, but I was like, Four Loco, right? And they were like, what is that? So I explained it, and then I was like, all right, we're going to go get one. So we were looking for it, and like, basically I'm like, it was like this like energy drink that now people just use to get super drunk because it's like 12%, and uh, she was like, wow, like that's... Sounds kind of lame. And then I was like, yeah, but anyway, let's find it. The can's camo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like a digital camo and it's like bright green and orange. I I said, I'm like the can's camo. And she was just like, yeah, this is the douchiest drink of all time. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. It it comes with a pair of Oakley sunglasses. (laughs) I, I like that. Fuck, I spilt four loco on my Janko. <laughs> Janko. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't know why. For, for, a, for like a minute, like last week, I was sitting on the couch, and I was like, I'm going to buy a No Fear hoodie. <laughs> you know, you remember No Fear? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I was just, I was like, I should get a no fear hoodie because you never see them anymore. (laughs) I want to bring them back. And I was thinking like, if I get a no fear hoodie, I have to get Janko jeans. Yeah. So I might make it my Halloween costume. So I have an excuse, but that'd be really funny. Yeah. And and I get like a, um, like a, what are those? Like the, like the Gilligan hats. I know there's a name for them. I can't think of it. Like a Fisher yeah, hat. Yeah, like bucket whatever. hat. Bucket hat. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to put together. Mm-hmm. Get like a bucket hat. It's just like flames. It's just flames. <laughs> or just like like pot leaves. Like that's it. Do you remember those shirts that used to have like Looney Tune characters, but they were like blinged out? They were like the Looney Tune characters, they'd have like grills on and like shit and oh like, yeah usually like black t-shirts and they're all in black and white you should get one of those yeah, you, should, you get them on like on like the boardwalk or something in jersey or you you get them at a fucking county fair <laughs> yeah next to the airbrushed license plate booth <laughs> i feel like a lot of people in the us must have gone to county fairs then because i saw them all the time oh yeah i wonder how that Dude. was uh if, if that was a you know a licensed property no, no, it definitely wasn't. If, if Warner Brothers was like, you know what? We should all have Luna, have Bugs Bunny holding a gat here. That's our that's on brand for Bugs. Maybe Elmer Fudd. He'll be called Thugs Bunny. You know what I'm saying? The kids oh, will Thugs they'll, Bunny. They'll resonate with the with the, the kids. You know what I'm saying? Blah. That's some 50 year old white dude. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be a good episode. I can tell already. Yeah, we're having fun. Yeah. All of it, unrelated. Although <laughs> we started, we started off right on topic. Yeah, we did. And now, <laughs> by basically we're off being the rails. like, oh, we aren't visible. <laughs> we are questionably invisible right now. Yeah. So have you have you been though? Been good. Been working, twerking, and jerking. What about you? <laughs> well, I, same things, but in reverse order. Oh, 
Jerking hard or hardly jerking? <laughs> no, I think things have been good. Basically, just like trying to get my body back in like work mode because my sleep schedule was off because I was in Baltimore, got up super early, then I had two days to sleep in. So, oh yeah, haven't gotten out to the movies since uh, the Impractical Jokers, but I think I might go see Onward tomorrow. Ah, very nice. I yeah. I'm either seeing Onward tomorrow or possibly Tuesday. Because Megan actually wants to see that. So we might go all three of us. Oh, that'd be really cool. Have you done that yet? All three of us? No. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Gone with just Megan, gone with just Logan, but not both of the Gans. Damn. Well, I think it's got like a pretty decent Rotten Tomato score so far. Uh, Granted, we're recording this the night that it's coming out, so that might drop. But, you know. Yeah. Or it might go up. Who knows? Yeah. You know, you never know. But that might be a good one for, you know, like. The, the first family trip to the movies. Yeah, for sure. A little bit of that Chris Pratt, Tom Holland action. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I, I don't actually know Brandon's first movie, but like my, my mom remembers like all of our first movies and stuff like that. And uh, mine was uh, mine was Beauty and the Beast, I think. Uh, it's either Beauty and the Beast or it was Lion King. But it was one of the, like, the Disney classics. I don't remember Brandon's, but Ryan's was Flubber. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so I just think that's so funny. It's like, because I am I know Brandon's is also like a Disney classic. So it's two classics and then just Flubber. Flubber. <laughs> it's flying rubber. <laughs> is that really what Flubber stands for? Yeah. there's. He says a line after he invents it and it bounces around everywhere. And Robin Williams saying to himself, or no, I guess to that little robot thing that he made. Yeah. He's like, whoa, it's flying rubber. It's Flubber. No, I always thought yeah. it was standing for like fapping blubber, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You nailed it. <laughs> what is in it? that kid's movie? What is it? I just want you to say it back. <laughs> what fapping? Fapping blubber. Fapping blubber. Yeah, dude, that's what I was just doing. <laughs> you call it, you call it your blubber. <laughs> oh, I gotta fap my blubber real quick. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you my lubber do you fap your blubber <laughs> i don't put a rubber on my blubber <laughs> my blood my blubber's gotten got a chubber we should make like a fake commercial yeah <laughs> are you tired of fapping your blubber <laughs> by rubber <laughs> by rubber <laughs> You, you, you money grubber. <laughs> what is this show? I don't, I don't know. We're, we're 16 minutes in and it's, it's gone downhill. Yeah, it has gone downhill. But you know what? We got a fun episode. We got, uh, is this our first horror movie of the year? Yeah. The double deuce. Of the double deuce, baby. So there we go. We're we're hitting all the genres. We're getting a good mix for the beginning of the double deuce. We're not just doing your standard just drama, 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 or you know. Some sometimes, like during the summer cram, it's like, oh, here's like five action movies in a row, you know? Yeah. But now we get a little bit of diversity, which is cool. Yeah. I think last year we were hitting a ton of kids' movies early on. 
And oh, yeah, uh, it's because there was a lot out. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not gonna go back and look at what we were actually reviewing them. But I th- I feel like it was a lot of kids movies that came out, and I feel like early on yeah, it was like kids movies and family movies for the most part because like fighting with my family is kind of a family movie. I mean, it say? says family in the title. Yeah, but it was like that and Dumbo and I don't know how early Aladdin was. And it, oh, Lego Movie, How to Train Your Dragon, Spider Verse. Yeah, I, I like the diversity right now. I don't know if we've done the same genre twice yet, honestly. Not yet. Well, gentlemen, it's like, what kind of movie is that? I guess is that comedy, mm. crime, comedy, crimedy, crimedy. <laughs> I don't know. That's like uh, its own own type of uh type of genre. Yeah, I, I'll call it like dark comedy. Okay. Crime, 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 thriller, had, horror, action. Yeah, then we had our action uh, comic book adaptation with Birds of Prey. You yep. had a video game family movie. Like you do. Like you do. And now we're doing horror. We had a comedy. Horror. Dude, I've been having fun coming up with the genres for uh, for the book. <laughs> Some of them are their choice. Like my, I think my favorite is the one for The Vanishing, actually. Oh, what was it? <laughs> Beards. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, what did I say? <laughs> that one. That's the genre. Beards. Because some of the things I just type back in, like you send me the info, and then I'm like just typing it back into like InDesign, and yeah. that one showed up, and I just started dying by myself. I uh, I sent you some some new info. I know. I'm I feel like there was something weird that I sent. I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm I'm gonna open it up after we're done recording tonight. So well, all right then. So we got our first horror review of the Double Deuce. Mm-hmm. We got a game to play today. Ooh, those are always fun. Yeah, a game that I actually prepared ahead of time, <laughs> not one that I'm gonna make up while we watch this trailer because cool. I do want to watch this trailer that we're going to talk about. Oh, by the way, uh, Trailer Park. Damn, no ramp up. I decided, you know, our first year, our first season of the show, however you want to call it, I, I put so much work into trying to come up with a clever way to build the ramp up. I think the thing for the double deuce is you're never going to know when it's going to hit you. It's just going to It's like an you. RKO out of nowhere. One time where it's just going to be like two minutes in the episode and trailer park. Just go yeah. right to it. Whoa. <laughs> Damn, everyone shook movie reviews with Sky. And trailer park. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Swampies will be shook. Oh, yeah. If anyone gets shook over that, that's, that's actually awesome. <laughs> yeah. I would love that to come back around to us. Somebody messages us. <laughs> so what are, what are we talking? We... Are talking yet another horror movie remake? Yeah, of an old classic, Candyman. I think this one though is actually one. Yeah, Candyman. I think this one is actually one that people can get excited for though. Oh, for sure. This doesn't have the feel of some of these other horror movie remakes. No, it doesn't. And uh, you know, the people behind it, I think, will get people very excited. Now, when the trailer was being released. And they were like, Jordan Peele's new movie. I was like, hell yeah. And then I went and looked into it, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, same thing. He's not directing. No, but he is. He's the writer on the movie, and he's the producer on the movie. And a lot of people that are involved in this are you know, people returning from Us or Get Out 
or it looks like there's references to both of those movies in this. So that's really cool. And uh, Candyman is one of Jordan Peele's favorite movies of all time. So I, I'm assuming if he's the writer and producer, he's not going to let this suck. And uh, yeah, you know, after watching the trailer, because I, I saw that before I even watched the trailer and uh, I thought that he was possibly directing. And I was like, wow, he's directing a movie like so shortly after he just put out us. That's awesome. And then uh, I looked it up and I was bummed. I was like, oh, here we go. Here's just another another crappy, you know, Pet Cemetery 2. But then after watching the trailer, I was like, I'm pretty confident that this is going to be this is going to be a good time. Yeah, definitely. And it's also the first movie under his production company, Monkey Paw, that he's putting out that he is not the director on. So I feel like he's going to be very careful with who he puts at the helm and what projects he does underneath that company because the only thing that's technically under there so far is us because when he made get out it was still blumhouse yeah so which also relates to invisible man Mm -hmm. yeah it's all coming full circle before we get into the trailer uh you've seen you've seen the other Candyman movies yeah well not all of them okay one and two though i saw the original okay you didn't see the second one no Okay. I haven't seen, uh, I think Candyman 3 is called Day of the Dead, I think. I haven't seen, I haven't seen that one, but I've seen the, the, the first two. So, All right. But yeah, man. I, I have questions, though, so if you want to get into this, we can, we can start getting deeper into it. Yeah, baby. Let's get deep. As deep as we can. <laughs> Elbows deep in Candyman. Candyman? Hey, are you the Candyman? Are you the Candyman? Don't do this. <laughs> say my name. Say my name. No one is around you. Candyman, I love you. How many times have you watched this trailer? A lot. Have you? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I actually didn't watch it until today. Candyman. The urban legend is, if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror, he appears in the reflection and it kills you. Who would do that? Candyman. Candyman. How did all those girls get out of class at the same time? Well, we're (laughs) still alive. Let's go. Well, that girl's going to get framed. I like that the girl locked in the bathroom has a bad brains patch on her backpack. I feel really Remember with uh, with uh, Get Out? No, it was Us. All the, the Black Flag references. Yeah. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You look up a candy man. He's the monster. It's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. The music Candyman. in this reminds Candyman. me a little bit of the music Candyman. in the US trailer. Candyman. Yeah, I think that's kind of like his thing. Candyman. His thing now, yeah. Putting on like a, almost like a trademark, you know? Yeah. He's taking these old 90s R&B songs making him fucking scary. I think he made a mistake. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real! Something's happening to me. 
See, all that is making me question be another one of his stuff. Stories. I guess he found me. I am the writing on the wall. The sweet smell of blood. Also getting hints of like Velvet Buzzsaw with like the art installation and everything. Yeah. June. Yeah, this is cool. I'm I'm into it. Oh yeah. I'm very excited to see what this is all about. So I I guess the biggest question that I'm getting from this, and we're not gonna know until we see it, but like is the main character is he like turning into Candyman or something? I don't know. It almost seems like he's being possessed by Candyman at a certain point, or maybe Candyman is using him. I I don't know. I don't know how that part of it works. Yeah, I also I'm I'm wondering. So the the main character's name is Anthony McCoy. Is he possibly going to be in relation at all to the? Because like the Candyman origin is that he had a child with a white woman out of like wedlock, and that's why he, he ends up getting killed. Do you think that this main character is possibly related to that son? Oh, maybe. Or that kid that they had. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Like Candyman's his grandpa or something. Yeah, something like that. It just it looks weird because there's there's a you know one scene in the trailer where. The ref- his reflection in the mirror is like Candyman's arm, and his arm is bandaged up. Right. I don't know if there's gonna be some weird shit because it looks like he get he gets stung by a bee early on in the trailer, so maybe he gets stung by the bee and his hands all bandaged up, and maybe like weird shits happening to it throughout the movie. But they also don't actually. Granted, this is also a good move, but they don't really show you Candyman at all in this trailer. Like, they just show you, like, from the side glimpses or in the shadows glimpses and stuff. Yeah. I think that... Who who plays Candyman in the original uh, movies? Oh, I'm not going to remember Ta- his name Tony right Todd. Now. I'm pretty sure Tony Todd is in this, so maybe it's just them being like, we're not going to blow our load and show you Candyman in the trailer. Like, wait, go see the movie, and then you can see him. But they don't show him at all in this, so I'm... Part of me is wondering if there's going to be like some sort of aspect to it where the main character is turning into like Candyman or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know how I'd feel about that. I guess that would be a new wrinkle. But I was going to say, I don't know how I would feel about it. But that being said, uh, like Jordan Peele's a massive fan and he's the writer. So I feel like whatever he's doing is probably going to make people who are fans of the source material happy. Yeah. I think the trailer isn't going to tell you a lot. It, it really doesn't tell you a lot about the movie. No, it doesn't tell you anything about like the specifics of this plot. Right, exactly. It basically sets up the rules, but other than that... So I think like that is definitely intentional. I don't think we're going to get too much more before the movie comes out. You know, like in terms of understanding what is happening in the movie. Yeah. In terms of like the plot and stuff. I think... This is the little bit of a glimpse you're going to get, and that's it. Because I don't think we really got any other trailers for us either. It was just the one, right? I don't remember seeing another trailer. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think they only put the one out. I like that. I like if a movie's just like, here's the trailer, 
That's all the information you're getting. Go see the movie because the us trailer really didn't tell you anything about it except for like there's doppelgangers. The end. Yeah. More movies should do that because so many movies are blowing their load on like a big moments and stuff like that. And that actually ties into Invisible Man. We'll get to it. But I'd be cool if this is only one trailer. Also, like I think a lot of people are familiar that Candyman is at least the thing. So they'll probably like. I'm assuming if they see this, they'll be like, oh, I should probably either rewatch or go watch that original movie, you know, the original movie finally. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you really need a second show to this. No. And I don't, I don't want it. And I don't think we need it. <laughs> what the, the second trailer or the movie itself? Second trailer. I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, me too. Cause Candyman's not a property that is, I think for like real, like big horror fans, it's a very notable character, but in, in terms of like mainstream, just, you know, average moviegoers, it's not a character or a movie that really is talked about a lot. Yeah, no, it really isn't. And it's it's kind of surprising because like it's kind of our generation, like that's early 90s. Yeah, no, definitely. But that's why I think it's like a kind of like a perfect thing for Jordan Peele to work on and update because it's not like he's like, oh, I'm going to make a new uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and everyone's like you're gonna ruin the original and I think there are still people who are worried that it'll ruin the original but I don't think Candyman was ever really seen as like a like a masterpiece you know what I mean yeah I do think Candyman is 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 pretty freaky though I don't it always bothers me oh yeah me. no I, I like it but I think true horror fans really like it and know about it and then most other people probably haven't seen it or aren't fully aware of it, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have, like, the mainstream appeal of, like, a Friday the 13th Halloween Nightmare on Elm Street type thing. It didn't make our bracket. <laughs> no, it didn't. It could, though, next year. Yeah. You know, a few a few other smaller things. I'm going to butcher his name, but our, our main character, uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen, I think is how you pronounce his name. But uh, okay. he was in Us. Uh, so that's, that's a cool wrinkle. Also, he's in... He was in Us? He oh he was in us man we didn't even see it coming <laughs> oh no he was the invisible man he was he probably saw my blubber <laughs> <laughs> but he's also gonna be in the Matrix Four so that's very cool oh yeah and uh, the director on this movie uh, Nia DaCosta she's also a writer on it but um she was the director on uh, Little Woods which came out last year and that movie I wasn't blown away by it but it was definitely like pretty smart and was shot well so that at least she's an up-and-comer i think this is only her second feature-length film but i think seeing that movie made me excited for i'm like okay i at least have faith in this person so it's you know jordan peele's writing and a director that's pretty good behind the camera i i have faith that this is gonna be pretty good yeah i'm looking forward to it coming out in june of the double deuce yeah i don't know i don't know if you caught this or not because you know how Candyman is um it's a Clive Barker novel first. Yeah. Do you see like his artworks in the trailer? Oh no, I didn't. Yeah. If, or if, I didn't if notice. You, if you go and look, it, it's uh when he's like taking a photograph at one point and then like the flash like comes on and it's like a kind of like a reimagining of his illustration from the, like the, the novel. So that's pretty oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's a, the part in the trailer with the girl's hair in the bathroom reminds me of a movie that's going to tie in pretty heavily with the movie we're going to talk about. So that's actually like, pretty cool oh very nice yeah so you got anything else on this i don't let's get the frig out of here <laughs> all right so what's this game i gotta get mentally prepared oh yeah so i think i texted you about it 
uh, maybe a week ago, you had forgotten. But I didn't tell you what the game was all about. But I just gave you a name because we've talked about it on the show before. We don't play games unless Daddy comes up with a pun. <laughs> and I can't remember the pun. <laughs> right. You know, since we're doing The Invisible Man, it only makes sense that we play a game called You Can't See Me. <laughs> Now, what's what's the the rules to said game? So I'm gonna name an actor or actress, okay, and you have to tell me if they were in a movie where a character in that movie was invisible, or if they were in a movie that starred John Cena. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> you can't see him. Yeah, I got, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. That one tickled me, though. <laughs> you're, you're proud of yourself? Yeah. All right, you ready to play? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right, there's only five names. Oh, okay. Name number one. Okay. John Cena. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. Because <laughs> you've been throwing curveballs lately, so I was like, what the fuck is he doing to me right now? All right, for real okay. now. Real, real question though. Before, are these like movies or are these like WWE like related? N- no, things? they're movies. Okay, I mean anything John Cena's in is WWE related. Yeah, true. But I'm, but I mean, I'm saying like it's not like something that happened behind the scenes at like a WrestleMania or something. No, no, no. It it's cinematic features. Okay. All right. Cool. So the first name okay. is Josh Brolin. Is he in a Cena movie or an Invisible movie? <laughs> Josh Brolin, I'm going to say that he was in an Invisible movie. That is correct. He was in okay. Hollow Man. Oh, the OG Hollow Man, right? I don't know. Was that from like the 90s or that like 2000? I think it was the late 90s. Was there a remake of Hollow Man? No, I don't think so, but I always like I always feel like Hollow Man is like a spiritual successor to like Invisible Man, even though it's really not, but yeah, that's what they were going for though. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, so you're off to a good start though. I I saw him. No, I didn't see him. I saw him, but I couldn't see him. You couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Cena also in Hollow Man. Really? No. Oh. I was going to say <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, right. what's what's the second question? The next one is Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington. That's a, she's in a Cena movie. She is in an invisible movie. (sighs) She was in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Well, that's why I didn't remember this shit. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Movie sucks. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. Is it even in a movie? I, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's out there. Okay. All right. right. So one and one. Yep. Next name is Judy Greer. Judy Greer. All right. (laughs) You're going to go all invisible on me. It's, it's bad because I'm saying she's, she's invisible. She is not. God damn it. She was in a Cena movie. (laughs) Which which movie? Playing with fire from 2019. I re- I refused to see that one last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I skipped it too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
We're uh, one and two. Yeah. All right. Number four, <laughs> Tim Heidecker. Okay. Who is also in Us, which relates yeah, to uh, the trailer park. <sighs> this is a this is a swing swing question, so I got to think about it for a second. Tim Heidecker's in comedies. John Cena likes to try and be funny. Well, he was funny in uh, blockers. blockers. You know, he he is very funny in blockers. I'm going to say though that Tim Heidecker, he's invisible. He's an invisible man. He's not actually invisible, but he was he's in not it. invisible. But he is in a movie with an invisible character. He was in Fant Four Stick. <laughs> That's equally as upsetting as playing with fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of these movies are not very good. <laughs> If if the actor signs on to be invisible, then your movie probably sucks. <laughs> yeah, pretty All much. Right. All right, so two for four. Yep. Am I going to fail regardless? <laughs> yeah, this is the one that's going to tip the scales. I think no matter what, it's an F, though. <laughs> uh, we'll take it as... I do five, that way it's like there's a definitive, like... If you get at least three, I'd say that's a win. But if you only get okay. two right and three wrong, then that's a lose. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. All right, majority rules. Yeah. All right. So, last name, Haley Steinfield. That's a that's a Cena movie. You're sort of correct. But sort of. I was actually looking for both because she is in Bumblebee and Into the Spider-Verse and Miles Morales can turn invisible. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked ya. That's bullshit. No, I, I thought of uh, I thought of Bumblebee right away. Yeah, I know. That's why I was trying to get you on. I was trying to uh, yeah, no, I, get you in that headspace. Now I have to just assume that you're, you're up to some fucking sneaky shit. Yeah, you know me, baby. <laughs> Do you remember when we went to game night and you yelled out Shady? <laughs> oh, yeah. What? What were we playing? We were, we were playing, playing some game. We were playing Munchkin, and uh, basically like the guy that we were playing with, I didn't know him. I think you knew him, right? Yeah, but he was like, okay, so here are the rules. And he's basically like, you can help each other out or if you have cards that'll fuck over other people, you can play those cards and do something shady. And you go, oh, okay. Well, then in that case, and you just pick up a card and you go, shady! And you threw, <laughs> threw down some card that bones somebody. <laughs> yeah, I don't make friends when I play games, especially if it's strategy. It's funny, though, because Munchkin, like, the way that game works... Cause, cause I own that game and I've, I've played it a bunch, but the way that game works is it's like, let's say the game lasts an hour. The first 45 minutes is everybody helping each other out. And then the last 15 minutes is just everybody fucking each other. And yeah. that was like the first turn of the game and you, were, <laughs> and you came out swinging. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad that I went 50% sort of. Yeah, yeah, basically you got two and a half out of out of five. I got three out of five, but it's okay. You fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a trickster. You are a trickster. And so is the invisible man. He's a trickster. Ah uh, man, you stole my segue. Oh, I was gonna I do that. <laughs> but yeah, Invisible Man, the twenty twenty version took him like almost a hundred years to make another one. <laughs> yeah. Was it like 87 years? I think the first one was like 1930. 1933. So it's been 87 years. There it is. But yeah, so if, you know, you didn't know, but I know you know, but if the Swappies didn't know, yeah, this is is a spiritual remake. It's not a true remake, but it's a reboot. Say it's a reboot, right? 
I don't know. I don't know if it's a reboot. Reboot is kind of like we're going to make the movie again with new actors and a new story. Maybe this is a reboot. Yeah. I think it kind of is a reboot. Yeah, but like reboots feel like it's like, hey, we're going to restart a franchise, you know? Yeah. This, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, we'll get it. I'll just, is it okay if I just get into it? Yeah, of course. All right. So I kind of felt like it was a reboot. It is a universal picture. They were the studio that was trying to start their dark universe, quote unquote, when they were going to do all their monster movies. Partially why I was not really looking forward to this movie at all, because the previous like three movies that they did were all trash. Like the mummy sucked. And uh, then they also did I Frankenstein. I don't know if you remember that movie. (laughs) Oh, that movie. Garbage. Yeah, and then and then what was the other one? Uh Dracula Untold, right? That was the other one they did? Something like that. I didn't see yeah. that. I think it was Dracula Untold. And like I don't know. None of these have been good. So I'm just like uh, they were like, "Oh, Universal's coming out with another monster movie." Like, you know, and I was like, "Cool. Not going to see that." And then even like the trailer came out, and I wasn't even really feeling the trailer too much either. Like I like Elizabeth Moss a lot. She's great in everything she does for the most part, but I don't know. Some of the dialogue in it, like the part where she's like, she's like, there you are. Or whatever she says, I was like, I'm not really, not really feeling this. And then it, it was getting close to when it was coming out and it was getting good buzz. And I was like, oh, maybe I will go see this. And then we had no movies to do. So I was like, let's just do an episode. on it. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's how, but, that's pretty much how most of the episodes happen in this part of the year. Yeah. But because like it had the, the mummy stank on it and stuff, I didn't like even look into like who was directing the movie or who was writing the movie. But Leigh L is the director and writer on this movie, which is fucking awesome because he was the director and writer on Upgrade. Yeah. And I know me and you both really liked Upgrade. Yeah, it was on my top 10. It was on the first ever duties. Yeah. And it was it was close to my top 10 also. I actually, that's a movie I bring up to a lot of people. I'm like, if you, you know, if you like this type of movie, definitely watch. Because Upgrade is like very self-aware, very fun, but shot really well. Um, you know, it's bloody, it's suspenseful, it's also pretty original. So, I was and it, similar to this, it was made for like nothing. That's why I think Lewinell was like perfect for this because he's already gotten a lot out of a movie with not a lot of money behind it. And this is a Blumhouse picture as well. And right, usually I say the budget later on, but the budget on Blumhouse movies is always super small. So this this movie cost nine million dollars to make. And wow, uh, yeah. So, so I was uh, That's nothing. Had I known that going in, I would have been way more excited. But I didn't know that until the movie ended. And then I was like, damn, okay, it makes sense. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Lewinell, he's the writer and director on it. You know, if you don't know him from Upgrade, you definitely know him from Saw 1 through 3 because he was a writer on that. He worked on James Wan on the Saw movies. And then he's also, like, basically, like, the main guy on a lot of the Insidious movies. I think he's written 1 through 4. Um, yeah, I think you. Yeah, I think you wrote all of the Insidious movies. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss. She's her main character. She plays Cecilia. She was also in Us, which you brought up. But she's had a great run because oh, yeah. you know she was in that. She's in Light of My Life, which I liked a lot. She was great in Her Smell. And then, I mean, I think a, a lot of people who aren't to TV just love her in The Handmaid's Tale. I haven't watched it, but I know that movie, like yeah. or that TV show, like wins like all the uh, Golden Globes and shit like that. Oliver Jackson Cohen. He plays Adrian. You basically don't see him like for most of the movie because <laughs> he's the yeah. invisible man. 
I think it's funny though because he's invisible in this. He is actually a vampire. Oh, really? In real life, like me? I, yeah, exactly. No, I I actually don't know uh what character he plays because I don't watch TV. But <laughs> he's in a Dracula TV show, so I just thought that was funny. Oh, okay. And uh, Michael Dorman, who plays his brother, is also in a vampire movie. He was in that movie Daybreakers. I don't know if you saw that movie or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was... They got two people. They're related in this movie, and they're both from monster properties that are both vampire-related. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, Harriet Dyer, she plays Emily Cass. Uh, she's her sister. And then Eldis Hodge, he's uh, James Lanyard, and he was in one of your favorite movies last year, <laughs> What Men Want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. Uh, Storm Reed, she plays the daughter. She plays Sydney. I could not remember. I'm like, I've seen this girl recently. Like, what was she in? And she was the little girl in Wrinkle of Time, which was my second most hated movie from last year. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss is definitely your draw. Everyone else that's in this, you know, they, I think they do a good job, but really this is Elizabeth Moss. It's her show. Yeah. I mean, most scenes, it's literally just her. Yeah. And the Invisible yeah, I mean, Man, but we don't see that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess before, you know, let's get into it, but want to start real quick with the original like you've seen the original movie right yeah it's been a while it's been a mm-hmm. while but yes so are you a fan of the original or what's what's your yeah yeah so i used to have i gotta find it it's, it's gotta be somewhere i don't think it would have gotten rid of them but i used to have this fucking like is a big ass stack of like these thin case dvds and it was all like classic horror movies from like the 30s and 40s and shit and like you know a lot of black and white a lot of silent film and stuff like that so i used to mm-hmm. have like all of these fucking things and uh yeah that was one amongst the collection do you want to know when i watched this uh was it recently no but i just think like the context and what made me want to watch it is funny when I was when I was a kid it like I feel like I like went back and rewatched like old stuff like pretty frequently but there needed to be something newer that like intrigued me to go back and watch it so like for instance when the Matthew Broderick Godzilla came out that's when I went back and watched all the Japanese Godzilla movies oh man yeah so hey man I was like five when that came out so I didn't know better <laughs> but I was a little bit older when Van Helsing came out and that's what made me want to go back and rewatch old monster movies so yeah i saw van helsing and then i went back and i was like you know i really want to watch like the old like frankenstein movies and like uh creature of the black lagoon and stuff like that so yeah i watched the old invisible man because of van helsing <laughs> yeah is he, is there an invisible man thing in van helsing no um at least i don't think there is oh well it is weird because like the idea behind the first invisible man is almost like a dr jekyll situation yeah you know, oh, I made this potion. Oh, look at me. I'm invisible now, but I'm going <laughs> insane. Yeah, I guess going off of that, I'll, we'll start with this. I think they did a really good job with this movie of modernizing it enough because I think the old idea probably wouldn't have worked very well in today's time, especially with cameras everywhere and stuff yeah. like that. Because there are a lot of like intricacies to the Invisible Man and like what happens like with him. Like when he eats, like the food actually like shows up in his body. Like it's not right. that's not invisible. And like how like dirt stays under his fingernails and uh I guess like the fog stuff would still apply to this invisible man. But they did a good job modernizing it for this. But also 
I feel like they give you enough where you can see that they're like trying to make it truer to like the actual character because the original Invisible Man, he's pretty manipulative. Uh, he gets that doctor to like help him basically by like in a sense manipulating him, like making him fear for his life, and then right you know, gets his, and that's kind of the way that Elizabeth Moss's character real like interacts with this invisible man is that he's he's he manipulates everyone he comes across and stuff like that so i thought that that was cool because there's definitely things that wouldn't have worked in today's time and i felt like they did a good job of giving you something that's very for the most part it's very different than you you know the invisible man from 1933 but there's enough there where i was like i was like you know what like that's cool they're actually trying to like make it kind of true to the source material yeah for sure and i think also like what you're saying with with updating it because of like the way technology is now, like they almost made this more of like a sci-fi movie than it is a horror movie. I mean, there's definitely a huge horror element, but it, it like it added a sci-fi aspect to it that was never there in the original movie. And I love sci-fi, and I know you do too. Mm-hmm. So like I I was like oh right out the gate I'm like all right, I'm I'm kind of into this. Yeah. I was actually surprised how much I was into this because when me and Brandon went and saw it, we were kind of like, got nothing to do. This might be dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's, and then within really the first like 20 minutes of the movie, I was like, okay, I'm actually pretty confident that this is going to turn out right. Like a lot of it had to do with the way it was being shot and we'll get to that. But oh yeah, I was uh, really early on when you go see this movie, I think you could tell that you're like, oh, wow, this is actually competent. Like, this is going to be pretty decent. And for the most part, you know, I'm not going to say my grade or anything, but this was definitely a big surprise for me because I expected it to be really bad, and um, it was not that, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, no, I think I think the I, it is a little bit more sci-fi, and I don't really want to say exactly how the guy is invisible yet. We can blow that open later Yeah, just because we just started talking about it. But I think what they did with that was, was very smart. Definitely, and... Uh... So do you want to start talking about some more technical aspects? Because I do want to talk about the camera work. Yeah, I think for me, actually, and it, it makes sense, you know, that it's Lee Winnell, but that for me, I think, is one of the standout things in this movie. Absolutely. Right when the movie starts, like, I also love this, that it starts and it just drops you in a moment. Yeah. And I think that opening scene is brilliant. It is dreadfully silent and incredibly anxious. Mm-hmm. And the, and the parts that are like loud, like the car and stuff like that, like they, that actually, that made me jump when the, when the car goes off. Yeah, dude, the way it plays out is so, it's such a nail biter and I'm like, oh wow, like that's how we're starting this. I'm like, this movie is going to be a fucking ride. Yeah. It's also like, again, you know, kind of talking about the camera and stuff. I love the way the camera is like used in that where it pans down hallways and you don't know what's going on behind you. And then the camera's like comes back to your main character and what she's trying to do. And it just like really slow camera work. The main thing this movie does, even above the scares, is this movie makes you tense. It it builds tension yeah. really well. And th- and that that opening scene that you're talking about kind of sets the tone for the movie. And yeah, no, I was I was all into it. It not only sets a tone in terms of the of the storytelling. But it also sets the tone with the way the camera moves because at this point we know that he isn't invisible yet. But there's a lot of times where she'll be in one room and the camera's there filming her and then she'll walk out of that room but the camera stays there for a while. 
I love almost that. focusing on something in the dark, mm-hmm. and then then later it will follow her, and then fast forward deeper into the movie when there is an invisible man. Now that the camera lingers in certain corners of the room, that's a precedent that's already been established. So it begs the question, is there somebody there or is there not somebody there? Because we've seen when we know for fact there isn't somebody there, they'll use this same camera technique. And it creates this question in our head that we can't ever answer. You nailed it. That's probably my favorite aspect of the whole movie. And it reminded me a little bit of like Hereditary where there's scenes where the camera's just kind of sitting there and your eyes are kind of like you're looking for stuff and you're on the edge of your seat because you're like, you don't know if there's something there or not. And you're looking at couch cushions and stuff like that to see if like, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's there's a, a you know lump in it, like someone's sitting there. And then th- there's times in the movie where you're like, OK, like, cool, like there's nothing there. And then something happens and you find out, yeah, there was someone there the whole time. And it's right. creepy as shit. Yeah, dude. It's like, um. It's like what we talked about on the on the parasite episode when we were talking about like how scary that is, like not knowing if somebody's living in your house and like you had no idea the whole time. Dude, the attic scene got to me. Oh yeah, dude. It's fucking scary. If people have, you know, listened to to our our episodes and in particular Parasite and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, because I think I mentioned something like that in that episode, uh, you'll know that that scene like bothered me. Well, that's why I mentioned it, because I remember you Talking about that being something that's yeah. like high up on the list of things that like scare the shit out of you. Yeah. But I was doing the same thing where like there'd be a scene and I'm I'm watching what Elizabeth Moss is doing. And this is before she even knows about the invisible man. And I'm watching what she's doing and I'm trying to fully focus on what's going on. But I'm also looking in the background of like. I want to see if the drapes move a certain way, you know, or if like a shoe twists or something, you know, like I'm looking for anything that's a sign that there might be somebody else there. I feel like this movie is a movie where like you can never feel comfortable while watching it. No, I did not. I I never felt ease. Even like within the first few moments, like when she is home and you're you you should probably be in that state of like she made it out. The guy doesn't know where she is. She's safe. Even like the scene where she's like getting the mail and that guy's like running up like the like the the sidewalk. Yeah, the jogger. Like, yeah I was kind of like, okay, I know the jogger's not the guy, but the other dude's probably just staring at her right now. Like, what the f- fuck is up with this right now? Yeah. One thing that I, I wanted to say, because uh, I, I guess we can get into it. I don't know if I've... I felt tense for long stretches of this movie. I didn't feel afraid very often. And it's really not like a jump scare movie. And I think that might bother no, some people. You, you know that doesn't bother me. I actually prefer it not to be. Yeah. But there is one jump scare in this movie that, that got me. And the visual of it has stuck with me since I saw it. And I feel like I might be in the minority here. But I was super bummed out to find out that the jump scare when she's in the attic was yeah. in the trailer. Wait, it was? Because I said after the movie, I was like, I was like, that part in the trailer, or I mean that part in the attic with like the paint, I was like, yeah. that was that was crazy. And then and then Brandon was like, Yeah, that like that that was really cool. Like unfortunately, like I saw it already because it was in the trailer. I don't remember that in the trailer. I there might be two trailers for this. Cause I I saw one of the trailers oh. and kind of like like watched it, but I didn't remember that. But Brandon Brandon told me he knew about it already. Like he knew that that was gonna happen. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah, that it that bummed me out so much. That's why I was saying like 
there's gonna be something that comes back about like trailers putting too much in in their movies because that for me was such a standout moment of like fr- the visual of it freaked me out and it was so creepy and if people saw that already that's such a bummer yeah dude man that sucks see <laughs> but i feel like that's something that universal would do yeah like i don't i don't think that's necessarily because uh, like in general like with horror movies I feel like even though Blumhouse is Blumhouse, they do a pretty good job of hiding like big payoffs, you know? Yeah. Or their money shots. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that might be something because Universal is a bigger studio. They're like, well, we need more trailers. We need to show this. And like, okay, we get it. That it it's this invisible, it's the invisible man, but like we need to give them some something to show them what's up. Yeah. That's, that's probably it. It's probably them being like, oh, we need to make the movie more marketable. Like, Make it seem like it's going to be like a jump scare fest when really that's not what it is. No, not at all. It's very much like a slow burn, psychological thriller. Yeah, I actually, I felt like more than anything, this was a thriller, not a horror movie. Yeah, I was here for it though. I was into it. Like, dude, this movie grabbed me by the balls in the first like 15 minutes and didn't let go. Yeah, that was that was pretty much what happened with me too. I was, uh, like I said, I was not expecting anything. Then the opening scene, I was like, Okay, and then within like the next like twenty minutes or something, maybe not even that long, probably next ten. I was like, okay, I'm I'm on the ride, and also like Elizabeth Moss, man, she's really freaking good. Yeah, she's really good. I mean, she's I mean not only the star of the movie, she's basically the only person in the movie, and then like everybody else, like you know, trickles in and out. But if you don't have a good anchor for a movie like this, somebody who can act against literally nothing then the whole thing falls apart and she is fucking perfect in this. Yeah. No, I think she's really good. She's she's just very good um at playing a character that's like unstable or like people, you know, the people around her believe her to be unstable cuz she's kind of similar in her smell uh in that you know, in this movie she's not actually like unstable. She's damaged, but she's she's telling the truth for the movie, but everyone believes her to be insane. In her smell, it's kind of a similar situation where she's people think she's off her rocker. Maybe she is a little bit, but she's still like a good person at heart. So I'd seen her do that already. I think mm-hmm. this was such a good role for her, and she, she plays someone like that so perfectly. And I feel like you feel for the character a lot too. Um, I a couple of my friends yeah, actually told me that they they got really invested in the character. And again, that goes that goes back to she's got to be believable. And she's yeah. got to be likable. And she's all of those things. I also thought that you would like this aspect of the film, too. I don't know if it was going this far or not, but she alludes to the fact that she was abused, you know, yeah, either physically or sexually or whatever. But they don't ever show it. Right. But they they give you enough information to make you, make you like, sympathize heavily with the character. And they didn't need to, like, show you some ridiculous over the top scene they actually don't show you any of the moments where she was getting like abused really it's all either through like speak or just like how messed up her psyche is after all these events yeah right when you meet her for the first time i mean the right when the movie starts it's just her leaving it's her running away from him in the middle of the night while he's sleeping so you don't see their relationship really ever until I guess spoiler alert, but until the end of the movie is like the only time you actually see them in a room together. Yeah. And even the way that their dynamic is in that scene 
it's really unsettling because there's nothing overtly abusive and evil in it, but it is, it is, it's very like he's mentally abusive. The atmosphere that he is creating, you know? Yeah, super unsettling. And then also, I mean, there's kind of a, a point in the movie where I guess you could infer that he did or didn't do all these things. I think it seems pretty obvious that he did. Yeah. All these things as in being like stalker as an invisible person. <laughs> but I think that, you know, if you choose to believe, which I think the film wants you to, if you choose to believe that he actually did do all these things, which I felt like it was pretty obvious the way that he like alludes to it. But you just think about it. And you're like, okay, he put all these balls in motion by basically like screwing over people in his actual family, like his brother and like tormenting all these people and killing all these like civilians. Like, yeah, this guy is insane. Like he is super abusive. Yeah. There's some stuff I'd like to get into that's more spoilery. So should we maybe blow some doors off? Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, actually, you know what? One thing before spoilers, because this isn't a spoiler, but it's a thing that I wanted to make note of is uh, the score in this is great. It's it's perfect. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about the score. Like, that's not something I wrote down. But when we were leaving the theater and we were walking back to our hotel, me and Brandon were talking about the score. We're like, yeah, I actually really liked it. And I think this is the second time recently that I've mentioned this, but it reminded me again a little bit of like Annihilation. Yeah, a little bit of that. And just, just you know, mainly it's just like the droning parts, but it's uh, it gets very unsettling at times. But getting into to like spoiler talk, I did want to say one thing that kind of relates to Upgrade a little bit. So if you if you've seen Upgrade... I think the violence in this movie is on, is oh, on par. Oh, so good. Because <laughs> I was, again, like, didn't really do much research on the movie going into it. So I'm sitting in the theater and I was like, I don't know what this movie's rated. Like, it's given me no reason to believe that it's rated R. It's, you know, it's probably PG-13 now that I'm thinking about it. And then there's that scene in the restaurant and I was like, oh, shit, no, it's rated R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I wrote the same thing. I was like, whoa, and there is blood. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a lot. Yeah. And then there's a, uh, kind of an action scene, by the way, in the restaurant. Yeah. I, it's, it was definitely surprising and shocking for me. There is something that I don't like about it, which is, is one of my negatives about it. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that now, or if you want me to just save it for a few minutes from no, now, but no, we can get into it now. I wonder if it's the same thing I wrote down. So there's, there's a few like kind of like plot holes a little bit with this movie in that if you think about things a certain way, you're like, okay, that probably shouldn't have happened. Nobody saw that floating knife. <laughs> right. And like, you know, people think that she's insane. Nobody checked the security camera like, oh, there's a dead person here. Like, let's watch the events to make sure. Like, no one watched the security camera to see what happened. Like, it, right. that's all That's all it would take is, is one camera in a world where everything is a camera to disprove her insanity. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because I wrote that down too because after that moment, she's in the police station and everything. They're looking at the camera from when she was running away from from the house and like the, she ran past her neighbor's driveway. She was yeah. running away from the invisible man when he was in the house. One, why would they need that camera? It has nothing to do with her the incident at the restaurant. Yeah. And then how did they get that camera from the neighbor? But then also, okay, so you're in the habit of looking at cameras. What about the camera at the restaurant? I'm sure at, there's a camera at, at the that murder restaurant. scene. <laughs> yeah. 
Why why are you not reviewing that tape? Yeah, th- that was something that like was like, okay, that is a big plot hole. Like I feel like that could have been done differently, but it's tough because like there needs to be a way that the girl gets framed. Like there needs to be a way that the rest of the world believes her to be a murderer or a psychopath because that's part of this agreement basically in the will. Right. So I guess in order to do that, there would need to be like that event needed to be in public for people to see it, to know that to like, you know, frame her basically. Right. So it's tough. I don't know how you, how you do that, but maybe you do it in a place where there definitely wasn't an ass load of security cameras. Like, right. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That maybe if it was even like in a park or something like that, like that could have worked a little bit better. But, uh, or even if there was some sort of dialogue about it where she was like trying to plead her innocence and like, just look at the tapes of the restaurant and the police are like, there were no tapes of the restaurant. All the cameras were dummies or whatever. Yeah. You know, give us some sort of reason why there's not evidence at the scene of the crime with the exception of the murder weapon, the body, and eyewitness testimony. Like, yeah. at least tell us why we're not looking at the videotape. Yeah, th- that was a, that was something that was a big plot hole for me. And then another thing that, like, kind of bothered me that's a bit of a pl- plot hole. I don't even know if this is a plot hole. I just feel like it's kind of just, like, dumb. Like, the use of travel in this movie is really weird. Did did you oh, yeah. think that too? Like the world's most generous Uber driver of all time. <laughs> like cuz they don't establish how far that, you know, his house is from where she's staying, but I would assume it's very far if she like escaped there and it was like she would feel semi safe. Right. So, you know, this guy drives her all the way there and then the invisible man, he also gets an uber driver to bring him back or like a car like they don't ever explain like how did he know that she was going there because like they just kind of show up at almost the same time like she's only there for like five minutes before he gets there yeah the only way that i could even think that that would even work is that the brother is actually the person who is like almost haunting her in the house and the husband is actually staying back at his house because they they do establish that the brother was involved in some way. Yeah. So that's yeah, really know. the only way that I can justify it. But that was like the way of they didn't explain like transportation was just very like convenient and weird because it was like we're going via Uber long distances and nobody knows where each other is going, but we're arriving at the same time. <laughs> right. So that I felt like could have been done a little bit better. Yeah. I thought about that too. It didn't bother me too much i was just taking it as like convenient movie magic type stuff yeah it's convenient movie magic it it's that didn't like bother me like i wasn't sitting in my chair like what the fuck is this and yeah her being in the house actually comes back around towards the end so like it's it is important i just feel like it could have been like you said even just adding like one or two more lines in the movie could have made it more difference like just close up your plot holes Right, but maybe that's their way of explaining it. Is it's not a plot hole. It's just there were two invisible men. Yeah, maybe you have you have to try and piece that together then for for it to work. Like, because you don't actually ever know how involved the brother was. Right. Well, I guess I guess he was involved enough because he was in the suit. I mean, spoiler on that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to just get into that since we? I guess I just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already told everybody spoiler alert. But... Yeah. But yeah, let's get into that. So so yeah, it's not a a thing where 
you know, a character took something and it made him invisible and it's driving him crazy. It's it's more techy than that. The guy has a has a suit that actually makes him invisible. Yeah. What did, what did you think of that? I was cool with that. I I like that aspect. That's the kind of the thing that makes it a little bit more sci-fi. It's like using technology and the whole thing with him being like a leader and optics and stuff like that and that's how he makes his his living. So, I was I was cool with that. Yeah. I like I actually like that aspect to it. That's something that, like I said, with like the modernization of the movie, like I, I thought that was a, a nice touch. It made the climax really cool. Yeah, for sure. Like when he's in the, uh, in like the psych ward with her. Oh man, that was what I was going to get into. That scene's great. Oh dude, I was fucking loving it the whole time. I was like, oh, there's upgrade. Yeah, that is upgrade. If you liked that scene in the hallway, which is definitely like the action sequence of this movie. But if you like the hallway sequence in this, you'll like Upgrade because that scene is shot really cool and it's bloody and <laughs> and it's intense and uh, you know that unique. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it a lot. It's just people getting beat up by nothing there, and it's so fast on the way the camera moves and it'll like go like fully sideways and then like flip back up and then whip around fast. And then, like, the one guard, it, like, hits him, and his, like, mouth is blood, and he's like, oh, fuck, and then he shoots himself in the knee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, just, just blood all over the wall. I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. I, I could watch that scene on repeat, like, all day. Yeah, that was, that was a really cool scene. Like, like I said, that's, that's Upgrade right there. I was watching it, and that whole sequence, though, is, is just really cool, because that's, like, kind of the first time you see what the what the thing what the the suit looks like because i I don't even know if at that point you you know it's a suit or not like i no, you do right yeah you know by then yeah you know you know it's a suit because she found it but that's like the first time you see him wearing it like because she like kind of breaks it and the design of it looks kind of creepy at least i thought it looked creepy i kind of like faceless things bother me uh that's why like I mentioned Annihilation earlier. The the creature at the end of Annihilation just unnerves the shit out of me. And the design of this thing reminded me a little bit of it. And yeah, it, it I was kind of like, oh, that is not pleasant to look at. <laughs> not at all. I, I thought that when uh, she dumps the paint on him, because I got confused for a second. I knew it was paint, but when she dumped it on him and it like revealed his shape, I was like, is he a golf ball? <laughs> I'm like, I don't get what I'm looking at. And then I'm like, oh, no, wait, that's paint. So I'm like, then I started thinking, I'm like, so it must be a suit. But then I was like, or maybe it's like a, like he like atomized his body. And now it's like this weird, like almost like skeletal thing. Like, I don't know. It was, it was weird, but I feel like with the paint on him, it was even more unsettling. Yeah, well, th- that scene is the one that stuck with me the most. Just that that jump scare. I think it just looks so creepy with like the way that whole thing played played out. Also, the phone being in the attic and having her pictures on it, it's like just like I was like, that's oh, yeah. not okay. <laughs> oh well, nothing he was doing was okay. Yeah, I know. Well, I don't know. I was cool with most of it. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a good guy. Give yeah, him exactly. another chance. Yeah, man, I, I don't know how much more y- you got on this, but I was I was very surprised. And I definitely like this more than the movie I'm about to mention, but it in some ways this is very similar to Crawl, 
for me from last year where I was like, wow, look at this dumb horror movie with the alligators. Like, this is going to suck. And then I left being like, that built tension really well. Like, that was actually a good time. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Nice surprise. Pleasant surprise yeah. in February, nonetheless, or March, I guess now. But mm-hmm. but still, in no man's land, we're actually like, yeah, this is, we're having a good time at the movies. I feel like so far this year, we haven't got a movie that's like an atrocity yet, which is saying something because it's January, February. So, <laughs> um, I've seen one. Oh, yeah, you did see one. I avoided yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> I'm going to smoke your ass this year. Smoke me. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke your blubber. <laughs> this is going to be a, a running joke on this show now. I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you got anything else? No, nothing else for me. Uh, but I know you got something. Ooh, you're asking for them tomatoes? Ooh, give me them tomatoes. All right. <laughs> tomato, tomato. You ready for this one? Yep. The critics, tomato, bringing this in at a 91%. Wow. Yeah, 91, man. Wow, that's really high for a horror movie with critics. Yeah. Tomato, though, 88%. Oh, so the critics have this higher than the audience, actually. And uh, yeah, it's an A minus to a B plus. Man, that is a tight squeeze. Yeah, I'm almost surprised that the audiences didn't even like it more. I'm kind of surprised, too, because I've talked to a lot of people about this movie and everyone seems to be liking it. Yeah. Well, that, that's crazy. But for me, we're talking A minus or B plus. I'm actually going to go tomato. Mm-hmm. And I think it's spot on. I gave it an A minus. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. So that's the first A for the for the year? First A for the year. Did you give the gentleman an A minus or did you give it a B plus? I can't remember. I think I gave that a B plus. Okay. So, yeah, first A for the, for the year for you. I went tomato, uh, but I gave it a B plus. Nice. Yeah. When I left the theater, I was actually kind of like, it's like a B minus, maybe a B. And then the more I thought about it, like the more that scene in the attic stuck with me. And then the more I thought about like the camera and stuff and, uh, the scene in the hallway and there's plot holes in it, but they don't bother me as much. Like, I feel like you can argue them. They're not stuff that's so glaring where you're like, wow, the movie's falling apart on itself now. Right. So yeah, man, I, I, uh, I really liked it. This is a, this is a big surprise. This was a big surprise for me too. Honestly, I went into this with no expectations, like bottom of the barrel expectations. I thought the trailer looked like crap and I was like, Oh great. A Blumhouse horror movie. I'm going to blow my brains out, you know? (laughs) Was the last Blumhouse horror movie that you watched, Ma? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, cool. (laughs) Yeah, and then they also have out Fantasy Island right now, so. Oh, true, yeah. I was actually thinking about going to see that just for the hell of it the other night, and then I stopped myself. Good idea. Don't You don't have to put yourself through that. But yeah, so then I walk in thinking I'm going to get handed a bowl of dog shit, then I got handed these... Fucking bowl of lucky charms, man. <laughs> I would have been just fine with the cereal. And I'm like, what is this? Marshmallows? This is amazing. <laughs> You're all about it. Yeah, I was all about it. <laughs> no, it just hit a lot of notes for me. Like the tension is incredible. I It's my favorite style of a horror movie. It's like not a lot of jump scares. It's, it is dreadfully silent a yeah. lot of the time. And the, it's some of the best camera work. I've seen in a horror movie 
outside of like an Ari Aster or Jordan Peele movie. Yeah, exactly. Like the the horror masters that we claim in our recent times, and I'm like, this movie's just fucking hitting it on every level for me, man. There are those plot holes, and there are some things where you look at it and you're just kind of like, eh, that that could have been better. And that's that's the only reason why it brought it down for me. But yeah, I I just really liked it. Yeah, I actually want wanted to to mention this because uh, I I mentioned it in the trailer park. But so there's that scene in the Candyman trailer where the girl's hair kind of like gets flipped up. Yeah, in the bathroom, that is very similar to a scene from a movie called It Follows. I don't know if you've seen It Follows or not. I think it came no. out. I think that one came out in like 2013, 2014, something like that. It's a super low low budget horror movie. It's pretty cool though. So I, basically, I just wanted to say if people like this movie and you're listening to this and you haven't seen It Falls, it's probably worth checking out. But that the premise of that movie is it's a basically like a demon or like spirit or whatever that gets sexually transmitted. And then um, once once you have it, that demon. I'm listening. <laughs> okay, I'm here for it. But basically, once you have it, that that being is always following you and it's not like it doesn't teleport or ever it's just it's always like slowly walking towards you so like you can like go across the world but that thing will be slowly walking back to you and it looks different every single time sometimes it's it's completely invisible also oh geez so it's yeah it's uh it's very low budget some parts are kind of like stupid and stuff but in general it's like it gets very unnerving at parts and uh yeah it's another movie where it's kind of like this being that you don't know what it is you don't know if it's actually there but it's always following you i think if that's a good movie recommendation if if you saw you know invisible man and you liked it very cool oh and speaking speaking of trailers though i did want to mention this mm-hmm. going back after watching this movie i actually like the invisible man trailer not for what it shows you but for the fact that I'd say at least half, possibly closer to like 60% of what you see in the trailer is not actually in the movie. I'll have to go watch it then. What do you mean? Well, in the Invisible Man trailer, there's like a thing where like the family she's staying with comes in and she's sitting on the floor and she's like, there's somebody sitting in that chair. And like the chair has like an indent on it. Yeah. That doesn't happen in the movie. And in the trailer, there's the thing where she's in the shower and then like a hand appears on the glass in the fog. That doesn't happen in the movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a few lines of dialogue that happen in the trailer that don't happen in the movie. And I like that. I like that movies are doing that more recently where they're like, we're going to put in some like alternate takes. That way, when you get to the theater and you see the scene play out, it's not exactly what you saw in the trailer. See, I feel like that's just like, the type of person you are, because I know some people hate that. Yeah. Like people like were pissed about the stuff that wasn't in rogue one. That was in the trailer. Oh, whatever. Yeah. But you know, you know, what's funny that picture of the, the hand on the, on the shower, like in the fog or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That screen grab is the like banner picture to this movie on rotten tomatoes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I don't. I had a good time. This is this is a cool one. Yeah, I'm I'm happy we actually went to see this. Mm-hmm. And I know that I I had just like mentioned this, but like we're talking about possibly doing like a movie recommendation thing. So that's kind of why I wanted to to drop the it follows thing in there. Yeah, because we uh you know we're almost done with the book. 
we've been saying we're almost done with the book for a while now, but like we're actually closing in on the finish line. I'm going to either like save this template or start in like October <laughs> next year. Yeah, dude. I think we, I think the way to we do did it, ourselves a disservice. Yeah, I think saw too many movies. I know how I'm going to do it next year because basically like this year I was like, well, like I don't want to have to like reorganize everything like i don't want to have to move everything around if it's like 200 and because it's it's almost 300 movies like that one section of the book is almost 300 movies and that's just one section so i was like you know i don't want to have to like reorganize the order the whole time if we're doing it in alphabetical order so that's why we didn't start actually like working on it until like early december if that yeah it no, no it was early january really because you know that we didn't want to blow our load for the duties on that. I've also said the phrase blow our load three times this episode. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> Dude, you better cut it out. You're giving my blubber a chubber. <laughs> but, you know, we started it in January. I think next year, like, come, like, October or November, I'm going to start just, like, making InDesign documents with the pages laid out how I want them and just being like, I'm putting all the information now. I can, I'll reorganize it as like a full like thing later like that that'll just cut down all the time because it's taking just forever to put all that in it's, yeah it's mostly just the movie information yeah everything else is actually done it's the, the book is like 80 pages <laughs> so yeah so so that's another thing for people to help understand it's like this wasn't this wasn't going to be like some little 10 page leaflet to flip through this is a like a real book. Yeah. This 80 is, pages is heavy. Yeah. 80 pages. And you know, some of them I'm actually like condensing. I'm like, I'm trying to just cram as much in here. I'm like some pages. I actually am a little worried that the, the font's too small. <laughs> so, Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be primarily digital anyways, right? Yeah. So you can blow it up. Yeah. And then if you get a physical copy, you can get an M80 and blow it up that way. <laughs> <laughs> someone just spends money on it and then just destroys it yeah that also they made me wait <laughs> that'll show them but but that might be a physical copy might be something that we throw up on a patreon soon maybe who knows wink wink nudge nudge so keep an eye out on that but until then you could always just check out two dudes movie reviews.com you know we got friggin' shirts and shits up on there <laughs> Shirts, shits, reviews, and swag. Yeah. We might have to make a blubber chubber shirt. <laughs> You're saying this like 20 minutes after you said you don't want it to be a thing. <laughs> I think it was less than 20 minutes. And I've already changed my mind. Let's monetize this. <laughs> you know what? Blubber chubber sounds sellable. <laughs> Can we get that trademarked? That sounds like an anthem. <laughs> This is an anthem. Throw all your hands up. <laughs> Blubber chopper. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe the one. maybe that's why they're saying shake it three times you're playing with yourself. There you go. Yeah, that is. Mm. Shout out to all the good Charlotte fans. <laughs> if any of you are still out there. <laughs> Who's out there? Any... <laughs> hardcore good Charlotte fans still. Shout out to good Charlotte fans. In Sun across the country. <laughs> All 
I was going to say Zoomies, but then I realized you worked there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Watch it. <laughs> oh, no. That's in the past, though. We yeah. look forward to the future. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to the Swampies hitting us up on social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. And we like when you guys leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever you fucking do. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe. Bear, bear, bear. Cameron there. Feely boo. <laughs> Should I say suck it losers? <laughs> what? Should I do suck it losers? Bear. Bear. Herper terp. Oh my god. <laughs> Herp. <laughs> Suck it, losers. This is the most like lethargic ending ever. <laughs> yeah. We're really putting forth the effort in the double deuce. <laughs> <laughs>